Minority Retort on X-Ray FM. X-Ray FM. Jason Lamb. All right, it's Friday morning on X-Ray in the morning. That means it's time for Minority Retort. My name is Jason Lamb. I'm the co-host and co-producer of Minority Retort, the comedy show, which you can see at the Siren Theater. It's an all-people-of-color comedy show hosted by myself, Naraj Srinivasan, and Julia Ramos. But here on this show, we don't just talk to comedians and talk about comedy. We also talk to other creative and thoughtful people of color who are doing big things in the community. And today, I'm so pleased to be joined by my guests who are currently starring in the Artist Repertory Theater production of Teenage Dick. Did someone laugh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's funny every time I hear it. <laughs> Just setting the tone early. I appreciate that. <laughs> Playwright Mike Lou's modern retelling of William Shakespeare's Richard III. And it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show... The laugher, <laughs> Alex Ramirez de Cruz, and for a first time in the show, Ayana Berkshire. That's correct. Hi. Yes. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for getting up bright and early and doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, Alex, again, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, so let's just start by uh, talking about what the play uh, is about. If you can give a brief overview. I mentioned in the shortest of uh, uh, <laughs> descriptions what it was about. But uh, Alex, what uh, put a little meat on, more meat on the bone for our listeners. Sure. I mean, it's a, I liked, I read the poster the other day that's hanging on the wall and that it said a, a, a loose smash up or mm. like retelling of Richard III. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was pretty great. Um, it's set in high school, in present day. There's a little bit of that Shakespearean elevated text in there, but a lot of modern high school speak. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's Richard's, instead of him trying to get the throne, he's trying to get senior class president. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And uh, Ayana, who do you play? I play the teacher and the sole adult in this show. I play Elizabeth York. Okay. And Elizabeth York uh, is, is many things. She's a passionate teacher, um, more than a hair neurotic, and really there to support Richard in gaining this title of senior class president because it will help shift the budget from the football team to her well-deserved drama club students. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and uh, Alex, whom do you play? I play Clarissa. She is the junior class vice president. And so she's also running for senior class president. Like Richard, she is very, very ambitious, and she will step on some people to get what she wants. Um, and she is kind of the goody-goody, uh, also very religious. Her faith is very important to her, and she uses it to get out of things she doesn't want to do as well. Um, so obviously, you know, Shakespeare is Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been many modern retellings of Shakespeare's work, uh, both in in the theater, obviously, in, in film and, and TV. What is it that makes this piece unique from some of the other modern retellings of Shakespeare that uh, have been done, do you think? Well, I think it's its contemporary voice, first of all. Um, but most specifically, it was a challenge posted to Mike Liu to create a piece that um, was disabilities-supported, um, specifically cerebral palsy, 
um, which our lead character and our lead actor, um, Richard, in the show, and Chris in our show, um, both have, as well as our supporting character, um, Buck, is the character name, and Tess is our actress, or actor, excuse me. Um, So, you know, I think that putting the highlight on on that aspect of of Richard which Shakespeare certainly does you know Richard was seen as this outcast he really felt the world pressing down on him because he felt othered in this way that um, nobody seemed to understand and I love seeing that in this modern telling because it feels very prevalent to where we are in this world right now but then also um, I think it's an important telling for our um, folks with any varying sorts of disabilities or or special abilities, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, is there anything about it for, for you that makes it unique, Alex? Just that. I mean, it's, it's so lovely as an actor to work with such a diverse cast, and I personally haven't worked with actors with disabilities, so it's been such a lovely experience. It's been lovely watching the theater actually accommodate those actors. They've already, there were some discussions early on of like accessibility in certain rooms, and those changes were made, so it's, I, I feel like that's how we move forward, is when we start letting people tell the stories that they're meant to be mm-hmm. telling, and then as an actor, I get to experience that, I get to learn from that experience, and the theater as well gets to grow in terms of who we're inviting into the building and how we're accommodating that, and that's been one of my favorite parts of working on this show. Yeah, it feels like a really fortunate opportunity. Um, yeah, yep. just being in the room, definitely. So have either one of you performed Shakespeare before in any uh, format? Yes. What, 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 what have you been in? Alex, start with you. Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream and Romeo and Juliet. And then I did with PCS, we tour like popular love scenes from Shakespeare too. So I did that. Yeah, I also was in Midsummer Night's Dream. How about that? What did you play? Oh my gosh, I was in it three times and I was a fairy every time. Yeah, yeah, I played a fairy. <laughs> I was <laughs> peas was blossom. Me too. What? Get yes. out. <laughs> it was also my first performance ever as a small, small child in oh. an outdoor theater performance. And I too was a fairy. So, yes. yeah. When you're performing Shakespeare, either as it you know, was originally um, written or in a in a modern retelling even, do you have to, is there any special preparation as an actor that you have to, to do? Um, I think one of the things that even in this retelling is pretty prevalent even in a Shakespeare play is the stakes are so heightened. Mm-hmm. The stakes are very life and death. Um, so it's finding the right balance of playing those like larger than life stakes, but also being real people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say, too, you've got the language, which... <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think either of our characters have to deal with the Shakespearean language, but the um, the rhythms you have to stay on top of the language in this show, otherwise it gets away from you. And um, and the concepts and the shifting of ideas and thoughts and movements are so quick that you have to stay with them. And I feel like that's a real similarity in my mind. Mm-hmm. As I was um, preparing for the show today and and thinking about uh, what we're going to talk about, I started thinking about Shakespeare and not you know I read Shakespeare in high school and you know uh, I I don't know all the plays but I know I know the greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was wondering, uh, I was thinking about just as a, as an actor how you 
how you prepare for it. And so I wanted to talk to you about that. But also, wanted to know, as people of color, was Shakespeare accessible to you as you were discovering it? Like, did you, was it something you got to right away? Um, do you think there's something in there for for people of color? Um, I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this, but, you know, um, there's... It, it's so lofty, but it also speaks to, you know, the human condition. And do you think there's... I guess my question is, do you think there are people, people of color... Uh, elements that people of color can relate to in Shakespeare? And there was something that you grasped right away. How did you discover it, I guess, maybe? Is, is, at least we can start with that. Um, I, was, I was really fortunate. Um, my... My mom had a beautiful collection of Shakespeare's works. And so um, I I started reading at a really early age, and I read anything I could get my hands on. So I feel like I probably made it through every volume of, of Shakespeare's works that she had. And one of the things that I find about Shakespeare is he does speak for every every man, every situation, you know, and, and really wrote for the common the common person of that time. And so you have really um, human themes of, of love and tragedy and these comedies that, you know, have all sorts of human behavior at the heart of them because that is is where we find our, our connection and our humor. And I think at that time um, you were dealing with these huge divides in class and so he had to find ways to bring people together in that in that sense. And so I I feel like he wrote very universal themes um, that were accessible to to most, if not all. Thank you for answering that, even though I didn't really know what my question was. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, Ayana that uh, you started reading uh, at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, you started doing a lot of things at an early age, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Um, you started acting at age three? Mm-hmm. I started performing for audiences at three. In fact, what? Midsummer was my first, my first first. So I started with dance and quickly moved into uh, theater. And um, then at some point begged my mother. I grew up in the San Juan Islands, actually splitting my time between the San Juan Islands and Portland, which is where my dad lived. Um, so when I was 13, I begged her to let me go to this open audition, which was in Seattle um, at a kids' talent agency called Kid Biz. And I had to memorize these monologues. And it was an all-day affair. And she took my brother and I. And at the end of the day, um, they accepted me um, That's awesome. for their talent. So, yeah, I had an agent at 13. Um, and we weren't able to do very much with it because we lived so far away. But it really put in my mind that that was exactly what I wanted to do. So I, you know, focused on acting in, you know, community theater and high school, middle school, anywhere I could get it, any performance. And that was just that just kind of set my trajectory. And you performed in uh, a lot of the local film and TV productions. Uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I feel like at, at some point in time I have done everything that's come into town. <laughs> that's not so true anymore because we're getting so, so busy. And consequently, I am so busy that 
I can't do everything, but um, it's really fun to look back over the work that I've done. We were just laughing at um, a 48-hour film project <laughs> that I had done in 2004, which is especially ridiculous, called Gettin' Wood. It's <laughs> on YouTube if you want to see it. That almost rivals teenage. It almost <laughs> does. It almost does. And uh, yeah, so there are a couple of memes that are being made out of out of that. Um, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I've been really fortunate. Um, Portland's been an incredible place to perform, and then um, you know I've been um, lucky to have my career expand beyond Portland, and so that's it's great. I just love doing what I love to do, and Artist Repertory Theater has been an incredible home for me here as well. Yeah, well, let's talk about that actually for for a second um, because that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. We have a lot of people. Uh, on the show from Artist Repertory Theory Productions and I've um, been fortunate enough to, to cultivate a relationship with them to be able to talk with folks um, on the show here uh, that are involved in their productions. Um, I have no stake in Artist Repertory Theater. <laughs> I, I just, We're not paying you. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I just enjoy uh, talking to smart, creative people and plus I'm very lonely. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it works out for me in that way. Um, but I wanted to give both of you an opportunity to just talk about Artist Repertory Theater and what a special place it is and, and uh, how unique it is in, in town. Well, Alex and I first worked together It's true. at Artist Rep. And that was my first Artist Rep production. And also my wife was co-directing that production. It was a lot of firsts. It was a lot of firsts. Yeah. And that was an octoroon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm still uh, still thinking about that one. Yeah. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> I'm still unpack. doing a lot of mind chewing <laughs> on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In- incredible play. I don't I- Please, can, yeah. continue. Well, I, I mean, this is this is only my second show at Artist Rep. I I really love um, and value the, the diversity of the stories that are being told. And with each season, I feel like that only grows. And I mentioned it before, but I was impressed, not only is Artist Rep wanting to tell these stories, but they're willing to make space for what that means um, once we get actors in here that are telling those stories. So it's a place that I like to work, and I, I look forward to doing more of it in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think speaking to what Alex was just saying about the diversity of the shows, every show that we do requires its own set of discussions and, you know, again, unpacking these emotions that come up from these scripts. I mean, we're working with, um, you know, a lot of brand new material or, you know, um, Teenage Dick is only the second production of this show ever done. And so... Um, there hasn't been the discourse around these shows yet and and so we're discovering it as our audiences are discovering it as our producers are discovering it our directors um and so we're all in the room together kind of figuring out what it all means and what we're telling it with these stories and it requires a lot of work in the room um lots of discussions lots of um emotions and um again a lot to unpack as we're we set the framework for what these shows are. Um, and I'm so proud of Artist Rep for really digging in and being willing to have those difficult discussions because they're so important. Uh, so, Alex, I wanted to ask you, uh, in your bio, I was reading um, that, you know, obviously you like spend time with your family and you enjoy embroidery uh, when yes, you're not I on do. stage. Uh, but also says in your, your bio that you're, you spend time coding. Yeah. And I wanted to find out what 
What you coding? Yeah. Well, actually, this is going to be my last show for a little while. I'm oh. taking a small break to go to school to become a software developer. So oh, I'm just kidding. starting wow. my coding journey. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Just planning for my future. As an artist, there will be seasons where there will not be a lot of work. And coding is a pretty flexible career. I can do it in an office. I could do it from home. I can freelance. So... Yeah, that's kind of my next adventure, and I'm super excited to be a queer woman of color entering that field yeah. as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Congratulations Thank you. in advance on that. And I anticipate making some awesome apps that are long and way overdue for theater. Yes. Let me just put that out there. She's such an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't want to infringe on any um, you know ideas that you have or putting it out there in the uh, in the public to have someone steal, but well, like what... What kind of uh, apps um, are you talking about? There's for a project that I'm already um, thinking about in my head, which is a little bit of theater, a little bit of social justice. But okay. I want to get together, um, have a summer camp to get young women of color together and talk about some inequity issues in the city specifically that they're facing, and then figure out how to put technology towards solving that problem, oh, okay. um, and then helping them build an app or a website to address that, and giving them the tools to learn a bit about coding and to try to solve. Um, a social injustice issue and there's lots of you know I was thinking about making like a movie pass app for theater so like you know you pay nine bucks a month mm-hmm. and then there's certain theaters that will just let you come and see a show because the money mm. is getting is difficult in terms of accessibility for yeah. people yeah maybe we shouldn't talk anymore maybe. yeah <laughs> we don't okay. put that up there. it's all right yeah I'm gonna make it. I'll Nobody have else. Ed- yeah, I'll have an editor at the last minute or so, because so we, <laughs> we want you to succeed with that, and we want you to reap all the re- rewards from that. But that's, a, that's an excellent idea. Thanks. I'd, I'd come to more theater or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm gonna come and see Teenage Dick, Yay. the play. Yes, <laughs> which is running at Artist Repertory Theater through February 3rd. And uh, I want to thank you both for being here on the show. Thank uh, you. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck in, in all your your endeavors. Thank uh, you. And uh, and uh, it's wonderful to have you here on the show. Well, for thanks the first so time, much. Ayana. Appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and that's it for the show. We'll be back to wrap it up officially in just a moment.